Hi and welcome back to the channel today. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. In today's video, we're actually going to talk about the European Union and why I believe that they are now in a slow motion collapse. And if you remember some of my other videos earlier in the year around the European Union and exactly what I said there, and I can give you a quick recap now, I said that because of the sanctions that they were putting onto Russian energy, these would actually act as a self-sanction to the European Union. I then said that industry would start to grind to a halt because the energy production would be too expensive. It would hit all of their heavy industry, especially in Germany, right through to food. And that means food growers, food producers and packages and all sorts of other things um, associated with food. Again, that's something else that we have now seen. So as a result, the other point of it was I said that Europe would have to either import more expensive energy or they would have to import those products and services that they could no longer create for themselves as a result of the, the lack of cheap energy flowing into the European Union. And overall, pretty much all of that has now happened and the EU is having serious serious problems. And we'll go onto the shared screen, I'll show you some, some data around this um, very shortly. So what has the EU decided to do about this then? Logic would suggest that they would say, hold on, these sanctions that we did really didn't work. They've actually become self-sanctions on ourselves. We should probably reverse this. And um, also the ru ruble has grown so strong, much stronger than it was beforehand. These sanctions obviously didn't work. Let's think of something else that we can do against Russia instead. But let's just reverse what we did. It was a mistake. Um, let's do that. Would they say that? No. Here's their new plan instead of what they've decided to do. They've decided to make the developing world pay for the shortfall. No, I'm not joking. I'm going to actually prove this to you in today's video. So that's what they're doing. They've now come up with this, what they consider to be this ingenious uh, carbon emissions tariff on all imports. And I say all imports, but it's all imports from developing nations. It doesn't necessarily affect developed nations, because if these developed nations also have a carbon tariff, then it will just neutralize one another out. So they honestly think they're that stupid. They think this is going to work. It's not. I can tell you what's going to happen because this is just simple economics. If you are a developing nation, now you're now getting these heavy taxes, carbon taxes, because you were the one that created the cement and the steel and other things in your country. So you, you created all the emissions. The EU is now saying we're going to tax you for creating those emissions. Well, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen here. These big countries are going to say, hold on. I'm not going to export my steel and other raw materials as well to the European Union and have all these high taxes put on me. I'm just going to send them elsewhere. Instead, I'll send them to China and I'll, I'll send them to South America and some of these other places that don't have these tariffs on me. And the other side of this, you've got to look at it from the developing nations point of view. They're now saying, OK, this is our chance to actually break out and 
and create some income and wealth for the country and for the people so that a lot of the people are not in, in poverty going forward. And now it's looking as though there's these, these breaks or these blocks being put on these countries to actually slow down their their industry and manufacturing and exports and the like. But if you remember a few months back, we talked about this anyway, and I said the absurdity of the whole carbon market uh, situation. Whereas if you're a developed country, but you're importing all of these things or you're importing the energy, rather than producing the energy for yourself, you have a much lower um, rating in, in terms of CO2 emissions and all the other emissions. But if you're that country that produced the energy, so let's say you produce it all and you send it to the USA, for example, well, the USA says, oh, well, our score is, is amazing because we, we're just the consumers of all the energy. But it was that country over there, they're the polluters, they're the ones that created the energy in the first place. It's absurd. It makes absolutely no sense. It's all just image and smoke and mirrors and ticking a box to look good at these big COP26 conferences and WEF and United Nations and all this other stuff. It's just so world leaders can can give themselves a pat on the back and say, look how good we are. You see, we're, yes, we're consuming it, but we're not the ones that produced it. Okay, let me go to the shared screen now then. So let's take a look at some of these articles then. So we'll start with Reuters. EU strikes deal on world first carbon border tariff. So what are they focusing on heavily? Well, it won't be any surprise that these were the exact same things I talked about a year ago. I said these were the industries that they would attack the heaviest, and that's why you'll see prices explode. Iron, steel, cement. Now, the reason I've highlighted these three in green, fertilizers, aluminum, and electricity, or aluminum, I've got to say that for the UK people. Why have I highlighted these in green? because this is going to cause more problems. Don't look at this word and see fertilizers. Instead, look at the word and see food, because that is what fertilizers equal. More fertilizers, more food. The aluminum aspect here as well, what is that used for? It's used for canning the food. And then electricity. So if you're gonna impose CO2 emissions cost imports on electricity, guess what? That means even less energy because if you are a producer of electricity and you want to export it into the European Union, well, why would I sell it there when the costs are going to be astronomical? I'm going to lose all of this money from actually sending the electricity to the European Union versus another country because I've got to pay all of these EU tariffs. Now, this is how they're justifying it. It is one of the only mechanisms we have to incentivize our trading partners to decarbonize their manufacturing industry. Well, look at this word incentivize and instead replace it with pressurize. So it's one of the only mechanisms we have to pressurize our trading partners to decarbonize their manufacturing industry. So that is what they're doing. The EU is trying to put their agenda onto the rest of the world. And remember, the EU didn't create this agenda. It came from another organization before them. And don't forget the scandal that's going on right now anyway with the EU. And we've talked about this so many times. I don't believe most of the things that come out of politicians' mouth. Um, 
maybe we'll cover this on tomorrow's video, but there's a massive scandal at the moment and it's, it's not just within the MEPs, so European MPs. It's also in a lot of countries where there's a lot of bribes and money laundering and all sorts of things going on with politicians. So you see them stood there saying all this stuff and, I, and we've said this so many times, that person has been paid to say that. There's no way that they have stood up and said all of that. They are being incentivized or pressurized, but probably incentivized to say these things. They are not doing it independently like so many people think. The aim of the levy is to prevent European industry by being undercut by cheaper goods made in countries with weaker environmental rules. Well, again, it's not about the environmental rules. They're using this as a smokescreen. It is all about the energy costs. The EU made a big mistake with the energy. They are now paying huge amounts for all of their energy because of the, the whole thing with Russia and Ukraine. And rather than getting creative and, and doing sanctions and other things in different ways, they have decided they're not going to U-turn, even though the policy is absolutely crazy. There's just not enough energy and now their GDP is going to crash through the floor as well. They're gonna cause a huge recession, if not a depression, through the Eurozone because of this policy. Now, maybe you agree with it and you think, well, it's the best thing to do at the time, but let me ask you this, do you still agree with it now or do you think they should U-turn on it? Personally, I think they should do a U-turn because if the EU ends up going into a massive depression, over all of this, and I'll show you the stats in a moment, it is, it is real bad, it's real bad, then they're not gonna be in a position to get into any you know, support or, or conflict anyway because the whole zone will be in such a shambles. The tariff is part of a package of EU policies designed to help the world avoid disastrous climate change by cutting EU emissions 55% by 2030. Again, we always get this date, 2030 from 1990 levels. Now, the reason I've highlighted this is because I don't think most people pay attention to this part. They don't really think about this or they don't really know what this means. So let me explain. In 1990, here we go, I've pulled this up so it's an official data. So we've got just over 35 billion tons right now. So this is CO2 emissions. So if you go back to 1990, let's see that now, it's just over 22 billion tons, okay? So as you can see the chart on the left, it shows 20 up to 25, so it was about 22 billion tons. All right, so that's where it was in 1990. So they're not saying a 55% reduction from here, you know, where we are right now. They're saying it from 1990. So let me just put this into context then. And I've actually done the calculation for you right in front of me. So 1990, 22 billion. Now, if you drop that down by 55%, let's just for, for ease of numbers, call that 10 billion, right? So that's what they're working towards, 10 billion. But yet we're growing. The, the economy is growing and emissions are growing and exports are growing. So that means then that within seven years, so by the time we get to 2030, we haven't just got to do a reduction of say 40% to 50% here is actually a 72% reduction. So just think about that for a second. That means 35 billion where we are right now, will probably be 40, 45 billion by 2030. But let's just say it's 35 billion, it doesn't change. Well, that means that you've got to reduce that down to 10 billion 
i.e. the 1990 number. How on earth is that going to be possible? It's not. It, the technology just doesn't exist. The raw materials don't exist. And we're going into a recession at the same time. But it probably won't come as much of a surprise to you where a lot of this came from in the first place, the WEF as usual. So what is a carbon border adjustment tax? What is driving the EU in that direction? Well, a carbon border adjustment tax is a duty on imports based on the amount of carbon emissions resulting from the production or the product in question. As a price on carbon, it discourages emissions. Well, again, it really doesn't. As a trade-related measure, it affects production and export. And the reason I say it doesn't is because those countries will just sell their products and their services elsewhere. The idea of a carbon border tax has been discussed by experts for years. If designed unilaterally, it tends to be seen as unfair by trading partners. There is the risk that it becomes a protectionist device, which is exactly what I think this is. This is purely protectionist. They're trying to protect their own um, you know, countries and industries within the EU against these countries that are using the cheaper energy. So how would the EU scheme work then? If implemented as planned, EU importers will have to buy carbon certificates corresponding to the carbon price that would have been paid in the EU if the goods had been produced locally. But again, it's not a fair comparison. It really isn't. So how have all of these other countries responded then? Well, no surprise, not very well. And you've got the BRICS nations, or let's call it BRICS minus Russia um, here, that are not happy about this at all. And they may just bypass their trade and trade elsewhere. So what else might happen? Well, the partners may choose to retaliate imports coming from the EU. Yeah, a trade war. Obviously, this is what's going to happen. Countries could decide to impose barriers on EU imports in response. I think that is highly, highly likely. That's what we saw between the US and China when all of those imports, um, tariffs and everything went on. We just got into a trade war. What else might happen? Well, they might adopt their own CBAMs. For climate reasons, economic interests, or as a response to the EU, countries could start adopting their own carbon border taxes. Following the EU announcement, the US is now considering this. A similar scheme is in the making in Canada. Yeah, but what they're not mentioning is how much profit these schemes actually make, the carbon schemes. But let's move on to this point, which I want to show you. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole Brexit thing because this is what this article um, centers around. But the whole premise of Brexit that one side wanted to put across was that trade with Europe would grind to a halt and the UK wouldn't be able to do any trade at all with Europe and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But actually, the case is quite the opposite. Trade with Europe is exploding right now. Now, is that anything to do with Brexit? I don't really think so. I think this would have happened anyway. And the reason why is because the EU has gone from an exporter to now being an importer. So they're importing from pretty much anywhere they can. Let's look at this data. The first five months of this year, the UK trading with the EU. In May alone, UK exports to the EU were up by 70% compared with May of 2021. So just huge, huge 
growth in um, exports, so UK exports, imports to the European Union. And what about the EU performance in trading with the rest of the world then? Well, the EU recorded a $35 billion deficit in May. Total deficits this year, $163 billion from January to May. Now, last year, so 2021, they had a surplus of $69.4 billion. So this has completely gone in the opposite direction for the EU, from 69 to minus 100 and 63. But what about the US, you might ask? Well, the United States is now exporting even more to the European Union. And those of you were asking, why is Biden sending all of our fuel over to the EU? Well, because he could get good money for it, because the EU needed the fuel and they were willing to pay for it. So here is the trading economics euro area balance of trade there. And you can see it was positive in October 21, but ever since it has gone deeply, deeply negative. And I thought this image really summed it up quite well. We are collecting carbon taxes for the rich world as these two men have you know, their, their border in place there with this chap on the other side with his uh, very basic exports. Because that is pretty much what it is. It's just a restriction stopping a lot of developing nations from actually breaking out. And it really is just a massive cash grab. When you look at the sort of money being generated from all of these carbon credits and taxes, it, it's insane. And look, look at the European Union here. Look how much they are making from this. If you would like to read this report, it's quite in, it's a huge report, so uh, you may not want to read it all, but it's called The State and Trends of Carbon Pricing 2022 from the World Bank. Uh, it's a huge document, but um, it does explain a lot of what's happening with the carbon pricing market. And finally then, one of the other things is that in 2016, uh, we have data going back, uh, right back. The market alone was worth $22 billion back then in terms of these carbon credits. And all of these different professors that have looked into it, a lot of them have said the whole thing is just a huge sham because what should be happening is when this, this money is generated, it should be used for renewable energy projects or it should be invested into the areas of the world where it's the most greenhouse gas GHG intensive, but that's not what's happening. It's going to rich people who might have a piece of land and you know they're told, don't develop that piece of land. It's probably greenbelt land or something like that anyway, where they're not going to be developing it. They might put some trees on there or something. They say, oh, you get a bonus for putting those trees on there. Or if you capture the methane from your rubbish dump there um, and you, you, know, you capture it and do something with it, we're going to give you some bonuses as well. So it's not really doing what they, they're saying it's doing. If they really cared, they would use that money and they would put it into big projects. They would probably help the developing nations to make their industries more green and all this sort of stuff, but that isn't what's happening. So this is why I just think, again, this is just a big sham. It's just smoke and mirrors. The EU have got themselves into this problem themselves and they don't wanna take responsibility for it. They're trying to push the responsibility now onto people that, and countries that can't defend themselves. Pretty simple in my mind anyway. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for watching today. Uh, really appreciate you as a subscriber. Take care. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.